Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. What constitutes a perfect day for you? What activities would you be engaged in? In today's show, my guest has an interesting take on perfect days. For Rob, those activities we sometimes drag our feet toward or sometimes silently complain about, the tasks we might wish we never had to do, are opportunities for him to level up and develop relationships. We'll jump into that part of the podcast first in our conversation. And you'll want to keep listening throughout the episode to hear the miraculous story of how Rob built a playground at his elementary school. Something they said that never could be done. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, I'd like to take some time to thank our show sponsors. In the Mastermind, we believe that questions are better than answers and that there's power in connecting with other elite performers. Kevin, a principal in Tunisia, had this to say about his mastermind experience. I feel more connected to the everyday changes in education. In addition to being more informed, I feel empowered to bring new educational ideas and strategies to my team at my school. We'd love to serve you in the mastermind and welcome your application. Enroll today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, a program designed to develop your students' executive function and non-cognitive skills. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX, who believes that the more students talk and are engaged in class, the more they succeed in school. Learn more at teachfx.com. Hey, Better Leaders. You know me, but you don't know Robert Palazzo yet. And this is is absolutely an incredible episode for me. One, I'm so proud of Rob. I've seen him grow as a school leader, and he's accomplished some great stuff that I admire about him. And we're going to dig into that during the episode. Uh, And then secondly, you know, we've developed a relationship. I, I have the privilege of again, to work with Rob in the mastermind. So we might touch on that within the episode too. Uh, but he's an all-star and, and you guys uh, buckle in because it's going to be a great episode. Uh, Rob grew up in Long Island, New York. He started his career as a school psychologist in a small rural school district outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania. And during that time, he became involved in developing the school-wide positive behavior support program within the district. They were one of the first schools recognized for implementing tier one programming with a high level of fidelity. After becoming more interested in systems level change, Rob decided to pursue his master's in educational administration. After eight years as a school psychologist, he moved to the Panther Valley School District to serve as a K through three principal. Since becoming a principal, he has focused on trauma-informed practices, restorative discipline, and literacy innovation. In the summer of 2018, the school opened a brand new playground after not having a playground for 10 years. 
This was a community investment, and by working with a variety of stakeholders, they were able to create a great space for students to enjoy at recess. Outside of school, Rob enjoys spending time with his wife, Katie, and two-year-old daughter, Isabel. They're expecting their second child. It might be today. Like, who knows when this show releases? It might be literally right now as you're listening, listeners. So uh, when we tag uh, Rob in social media, definitely tell him that you love the episode, but tell him congratulations on the new kid as well. And Rob also moonlights as a wedding DJ. Whoop, 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 whoop. I hope, guys, you think that's cool? I hope it's cool. I don't know. Felt a little weird. <laughs> but he moonlights as a wedding DJ on the weekend. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. Yeah, besides that ending uh, <laughs> of your bio there, it was, a pretty, it was a pretty good introduction up until then. Uh, <laughs> well, Rob, let's, let's talk about your, your perfect day at work. I'm curious how you would define that. Sure. You know, for me, a perfect day as a kindergarten to third grade principal is spending as much time with the kids as possible. Uh, you know, we're there to serve the kids as well as teachers and the families, but getting out into the school in the different areas uh, really makes the day meaningful. So, you know, things that are usually looked at as a duty by most people mm. or some things a lot of people don't want to do, uh, things like doing the car drop off line. Um, being out at recess or in the lunchroom, those are the lights of the day. So when you're not bogged down by meetings, uh, that that's a really great day for me. So, you know, getting to throw the football with kids at recess or sitting down and talking with students at lunch, I find that's really the time where you're able to develop a relationship with the students. And when it comes time to, to deal with uh, situations where there's high emotions on the part of the kids or or staff, when you have that relationship with students, it makes a world of difference. You're able to de-escalate things easier and uh, work on those relationships uh, with the child and help problem solve for those situations. Where's that philosophy come from? It's not the norm, right? To look at those things that people often look, look at, it's like, ah, how can I get out of it? And you run towards those activities because you can build those great relationships with kids. Where, where'd that come from for you? I think definitely my background as a school psychologist lends itself uh, to that, you know, I found early on as a school psychologist, I didn't want to be the traditional school psychologist who sat behind a desk and typed reports all day. And I think that's why that job was so challenging for me towards the end is I couldn't get to do those things I wanted to do and be present with the students. And I found that I wasn't as successful dealing with crisis situations because I didn't know the kids. And I, I noticed early on at the school that being present in the halls, giving high fives, hugs, smiles, all of that, it just seemed to work. And it seemed, seemed kids seemed really excited to see me mm. and to hear them be greeted by name. Kids love to be greeted by name. And I always make a point, if I, I don't have a kid's name down, I'll ask them like, hey, what was your name again? And I'll make sure to say, you know, Johnny, make sure you have a good day today. So I try and learn the names. I have 520 kids. And I always say, I think I know about 60 to 70% of their names right now. It's because the other 30% aren't that important. <laughs> <laughs> the other 30%, a lot, we have a lot of transient students. You know, hey, man, so I'm just playing. Up, <laughs> yeah. So. No, I'm just joking. That's a testament to your desire to connect with all your kids. And, um, you know, I was just playing around, but, you know, how you approach recess or, or lunchroom and that kind of stuff shows that you care. And another thing that you do that shows that you care is your emphasis on uh, PBIS. And uh, one thing that I think if people don't know you for this yet, 
you really rock out the good news call of the day. And that's something that I find inspiring that I get to see in uh, my social media feeds. Uh, and so can you unpack that for our listeners? It might be the first time they, they, they're hearing this and they're saying, good news call the what? I only call home when a kid, you know, brings a knife to school or they do something, you know, whatever in the classroom, they need discipline and the parents need to find out. That's not what the good news call of the day is. So tell us more about that. Yeah. Parents usually when they hear, you know, this is Mr. Palazzo, the principal calling, there's that moment of silence for about five to 10 <laughs> seconds, you know? Yes. And I say, well, actually I have uh, Sarah right here and I'm calling with some good news. And then you kind of hear that sigh of relief to the <sighs> phone because they know it's, it's a good call. And uh, the good news call of the day has been a game changer for me because it, again, it not only gives me a, a ability to build relationships with the students, but also their, their family. So what happens is each day, uh, one staff member gets the good news call of the day slip in their mailbox. And that day, they are going to look for a student. It doesn't have to be a student in their class. It could be any expectations, which are be safe, be responsible, and be respectful. Um, we call that being a cool cat. So they're looking for someone who's being a cool cat. And what they do then is they complete that slip and they turn it into the office before the end of the day. The following day, uh, that student will have their cool cat of the day form read over the announcement. So the whole school gets to hear who the cool cat of the day is. Why are they the cool cat of the day? And what will happen is I will call them down to my office and we will call home. I'll ask them who they want to call, uh, if it's mom, dad, grandma. Yeah. And you know we'll call and I will uh, hopefully, you know most of the time they do answer. And I'll put the student on the phone. And if you if you really want to see something funny, give a five year old uh, a phone that is not a cell phone, and they're like, <laughs> "What is this contraption?" But yeah. they love it because they get to talk to their parent at school. Uh, it's very positive. Uh, parents are excited. I've had parents tell me, "You know, I'm crying. Oh, you made my day. It's been a really hard week. This is so great to get this call." And then what will happen is they get a little uh, rubber band wristband that says, "I'm a PBS Cool Cat of the Day," and that's the only way you could get it. And then I take a selfie with them and post that on our Facebook feed. So there's just a lot of positive along the way. Uh, they're recognized by the whole school. They're recognized by their family. I'm recognizing them. And, and I tell them, you know, you need to be proud of yourself for this because we have 500 kids, like I said, and, and we do one a day. And that's only 180 kids that get a chance to be chosen. So it's, it's definitely something that means a lot to the kids. And it's just really been something I think that overall the teachers, students, and families have really enjoyed. Yeah. So obviously the families, but you've seen the, the teachers respond to this too? I think, yeah, absolutely. Because it's low maintenance on their part. Uh, teachers are, are bogged down with a lot of things during their day. We also have the traditional token economy system mm. uh, with tickets, but that could be paper and they're only going to get it three times a year. So when they get it, it means a lot because I make sure to give it to my school secretaries, my school nurse, paraprofessionals, the cafeteria workers, everyone's got to get a chance to fill this form out. So it's, it's definitely something on their end that's a little bit easier. And it's something that they can really make a student a year because it's just super meaningful for them to come down and, you know, to see on Facebook when some of them get, you know, 80, 90 likes or, you know, 20 shares. It's, it's so cool. Awesome. And so just to make sure I, I understand it correctly and for the listeners too, Basically, you, you choose an adult and they might be a teacher, they might be a main office staff or whatever, and uh, they get the form, 
their job is to search out and find the treasure that's within our school. Some awesome kid doing something amazing. They give it to you and that turns into a, a school announcement and then the call home. Is, am I getting most of that? Yep, that's right. Yep, absolutely. What might be a challenge that a, a school leader might face wanting to do the good news call of the day? Uh, it might be some you experienced or some that you, you could anticipate for our listeners. You know, how could they navigate around that? I think one of the challenges is blocking out of the di- part of the day to make sure you do it. Because I found um, right now we're recording this right around the holiday season and we're busy yeah. with a lot of things. And I noticed I actually wound up doing three kids in one day and, and I try and do it every day. Gotcha. Because that lag time, every day that goes by, it means less. So if I don't see that student the day we get it, they might feel I forgot about them or the parents might be like, well, why is he calling me two days later? So I think carving out that time in your day is very important. And I always try and make it a point to do it at the beginning of the day um, before my day gets rolling. So that's one challenge. And then the other challenge uh, is just kind of making sure that you know the staff believe in in the values that you're you're putting out there and that they are um, behind that that idea of recognizing uh, students' achievements. Great. Now I brought you on this show, Rob, because your school didn't have a playground, not for a year, not for two years, for a decade, for 10 years. And you were able to change that, which is a huge gift that you brought to the community. You got to tell us the story because you don't go from having no playground for 10 years and then this amazing playground. So what's the story behind that? Well, you know, I think that my predecessors before me all, all had the same goal to build a playground. Don't get me wrong. I think everyone that, that sat in that office, teachers included, everyone in the building, they wanted to do it. But that's, it's a daunting task, you know, when, you, when you're saying we're going to build a playground. And, you know, when I came to the school, I actually had some knowledge of the school before and I had been behind the back and I noticed that th- there was no playground. And the school converted to a kindergarten to third grade school three years ago. Prior to that, it was a K to five school. So fourth, fifth grade, yeah, maybe they don't need a playground, but kindergarten to third grade. When you think of a, a kindergartner's day, you see a playground as part of their day. That is part of their day. Mm-hmm. And these these kids were not able to have that opportunity. Teachers, everyone did the best they could with what they had. You know, they they would donate their own balls for kids to play with at recess. Yeah. They'd play games with them. They'd figure it out. But it, it was just when you looked out there, you said, and we had a lot of land. We said, you, you need a playground. So that was one of my goals, you know. and I told the superintendent that, and he was like, all right, you know, I want that too. I want that too. Yeah. Uh, so what had happened was there is a, uh, a grandparent volunteer in my school. She has grandkids in the school. She's from mm-hmm. the area, grew up in the area. She runs our, our book fair three times a year. Her name is Bertha. And I was helping out at the book fair uh, one night, and we were talking, and I said, I really want to build a playground. And she just looked at me straight in the eye and said, let's do it. So what are you talking about? <laughs> you can't just do it. It's not, yeah. it's not, not something you just do. She's like, sure it is. We're going to build a playground. And, and that must have been in the spring of 2016 uh, that that had happened. And by the August 2018, we had the ribbon cutting for the playground. So we're not, we're talking not even two years. So I think she played an integral in that part to hear someone say, why not? Just, yeah, we could just do that. Yeah. It kind of just gave me the drive. 
And we first sought out a grant through Kaboom, which is a national organization that provides funding for playgrounds. It's a grant process. We were able to work with uh, St. Luke's Health System, adopt a school program. They're a local medical uh, organization in the area to apply for this grant. And we were successful in getting $15,000. So we're like, all right, we have $15,000. We're good. We're going to build the playground. And then we kind of started calling playground vendors. And they were coming in with quotes in, in the, the 40000 yeah. range. You're going to have half a slide. That's about- <laughs> Basically, that's it. The first yeah. call went like that. They're like, well, you know, we can get you a slide and three swings. <laughs> and like, that's not going to do it. Right. So right. we eventually partnered with a company we felt very confident in. And we raised 52, uh, we went up to $52,000. So mm. we raised $35,000 between the beginning of the, the 2017-18 school year and August 2018. How did you, like, when you say you raised that money, right, and, and uh, closed that gap between what you had and uh, what you were getting quoted from vendors, how did you generate that cash? Honestly, it was a, it was a project of passion and love. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of grassroots fundraising, it really was grassroots fundraising. You know, one of our, our biggest successes was the, um, we ran a change drive where the kids brought in different denominations of coins each day of the week. And in one week, we raised over $5,000 in a change drive. Mm. And that was just unbelievable because we do live in a, an area where some families, they work real hard to send their kids to school and get their kids invested. They don't, yeah. they don't have the extra funds to donate. And the fact that the community was behind this meant so much. and I threw in a little bit of a motivator is if we raised $4,000, I would eat bugs. <laughs> so that was the hook. So there were prizes, but the big prize was if we raise this money, I would eat bugs. And then the, the phys ed teacher jumped on board and he said, you know what? If we raise that money, I'm going to let the winning class that raises the most money shave my head and my beard. So, so we got shaving, we got bug eating. Yeah. So we got, you know, so, and then they hit it and they went nuts because they knew I was going to eat bugs. And so, you know, that, that was a huge part of it. Um, you know, we did other things like family nights, spirit wear sales, um, people just, you know, donating funds. We did a, we sold engraved bricks that are outside of the playground mm-hmm. that you could recognize a loved one on. And then outside of that, it was local businesses. I wrote letters and mailed them out to all the businesses in all the boroughs and some, some businesses and, and local foundations came through with big chunks of change for us. And that was a huge help. Mm. And that's why I say it really was a community effort. It, it, you know, when they say it takes a village, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. And I saw that through this process. It takes vision, you know, that you had in terms of the leader, a uh, can-do attitude that we can, we can have this happen. And I just, uh, I'm so proud of you for making that, that dream uh, a reality. And it was a privilege to see it unfold. Um, and then to, you know, the capstone event of, in our private Voxer channel to see you munching on some some bugs. What did you eat, Rob? Tell the listeners what you so, ate. So yeah, I mean, if you guys are interested in the bug eating, uh, it really wasn't too bad. You get them on Amazon. <laughs> so if you just want to do this for, for a Saturday night, you know, you can order them right off Amazon. They're prime shipping. Yeah, two days. Yeah. Two days. But we, we had some freeze-dried crickets of variety of flavors. Uh, I was I like salt and vinegar the best. And then we had some freeze-dried uh, <laughs> worms as well. Yeah. And the barbecue flavor was definitely the best of the worms. But mm, um, sounds they, good. really, honestly, they, they weren't too bad. And the kids were, man, they just went nuts. Like I'm when sure. I was doing it and 
holding it above my mouth and dangling it and, and going around and it showing up. it to them. You got to play it up. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing recently. I got uh, slimed for um, our recent book fair change drive, which was for charity. And when I got on stage, I put an umbrella up so I couldn't get the slime <laughs> on me and they all, they all booed. So, you know, making it exciting for the kids gets them super invested. So, but I, I recommend it. Eating bugs is not so bad and, and families will go a long way. Actually, funny side note, I had a parent write a letter. I have the letter on my wall. Maybe I will uh, share that as well with you. And it basically said, we're donating, I think it was $300 with the condition that no matter what, you still eat the bugs because my daughter has not stopped talking about you eating bugs since you announced it months ago. That's what leaders do. They, they write the vision down so that those who read it will run. And that, that little kid, they wanted to see you eat some bugs. So that was a powerful vision. That's really funny. You know, um, not too out of the ordinary, though, if you think about like citizens around the world, like that is a part of some people's diets. And side note story for me, I think it was in uh, maybe the Rotterdam train station. It's somewhere in, in, in the Netherlands. But it was a great just like little spot. You could get a really good salad. And my wife and I were starving. So we, we grabbed some quick eats. And I added bacon, of course, right? And maybe some boiled eggs and some other things, right? To the um, vegetables. But one of the options were crickets. It's like, mm-mm, I don't know about that. And the lady was telling me it's filled with so much protein and all this kind of stuff. But I don't think they had salt and vinegar or barbecue, so I had to pass. So you had to pass. If they're flavored, it'd be good if to go. Flavored, we can make it happen. <laughs> well, uh, Rob, I know trauma-informed instruction is really important to you too. And so I'm curious, you know, as a leader, how that, how that plays out, I guess, in, in terms of organizing your school or how you support kids. Yeah. You know, as I said, we, we have a school where we're, you know, a lot of the families are, are from the area, but we do have a transient population, folks that are moving from bigger cities, looking for better opportunities. And unfortunately, the situation arises where these kids have had to move frequently, or they've had a lot of change in their life, a lot of trauma. And we had a district-wide training on it, but it's something I kind of came to the building with, which was a bit of a change for staff. And change is hard, for sure. But I explained to them that we, we need to meet kids where they are. And, you know, I think a lot of times we want kids to be a certain thing or be able to do something at a certain time because that is what has been done. You know, we, we expect mm-hmm. a second grader to behave a certain way because otherwise, how are they going to be successful in third grade? And, and that logic is very backwards. By meeting kids where they are and getting them there and coaching them there, and determining why is it that they aren't demonstrating the skills that may be needed to move on is super important. So when I work with kids, I listen. Um, I listen to their stories, and I encourage staff and teachers to do the same. One thing I always tell teachers, my teachers, is if a child is, is having a difficult time, if they're misbehaving, the first thing I'd like them to do is, is to restate the expectation and try again. If that doesn't work, I I tell them, call the office and have me come up to the class and I will cover the class while they go somewhere to have a private conversation with the child and try and figure out why is it that this is occurring and is there anything that they can do? And and honestly, most of the time, the thing they could do is listen and just reaffirm and let them know that they care about them, they love them and explain to them, you know, this is why I want you to be successful. 
That's a good place uh, for us to pause and get a message from our sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. 40 years of research shows that student talk leads directly to student learning. But teachers currently talk 70 to 80% of class time. TeachFX is changing that with a Fitbit for teachers that measures student engagement and gives teachers automated feedback on their talk ratio, questioning technique, wait time, lesson design, and more. All from the microphone of their smart device. Get a free two-week trial by downloading the app at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder is an evidence-based RTI Tier 1 universal level solution and focuses on improving executive functioning and non-cognitive skills. You can learn more and improve your student success at OrganizedBinder.com. All right, we're back with my buddy Rob Palazzo, and he was sharing really some heroic stories of uh, building a building a playground or the good news call of the day. We just ended a, a brief discussion on trauma informed instruction, and you know how that how his lens, you know, in meeting kids where they're at. I think that's the most powerful line there. Uh, really supports kids of all kinds, uh, is so that they can have a experience where they can thrive within a school. Uh, Rob, you know, you have been a part of the mastermind for a while now, and, and I'm curious, you know, would you be uh, comfortable sharing with the listeners, what what brought you to the mastermind? Why did you say yes to that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think I, I came to the mastermind because I'm in a small district and we talk about how leaders can, can be in isolation. Uh, it could be a lonely at the top, so to speak. And I do have some colleagues, some principals and my superintendent who who are fantastic, but sometimes you, you just need a sounding board. And I, I, I was looking for that sounding board. I came across the podcast and spoke to you, Danny, about getting involved in the mastermind. And honestly, you know, when, once I got involved and saw the discussions that were occurring, it was like, it, it was just an aha moment for me that this is, this is what I need to not burn out. This is what I need to do to sustain myself in this position, both, uh, you know, positionally, professionally, and personally. I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, just want to give you kudos um, in front of all the listeners, because you're definitely one of the most uh, generous members within the group. You're always adding value, definitely within the meetings, um, but you do so much outside of the meetings. I just want to say how much I appreciate that about you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's been, it's been an honor getting to know the different leaders and, and it's crazy, you know, and just to share the power of it is, is I was having a, a rough time with some stuff. And I think I was talking about just in boxer. Um, I don't even think it, maybe it was in the meeting and I got a text message from a number that, that looked really strange that asked, <laughs> what's your phone number? Yeah. And I replied and, you know, I said, who is this? And, and, you know, it was, it was Clayton, who's one of our, our mastermind members in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, he said, you know, I just want to have a quick chat with you, mate, as Clayton says. And yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he called yeah. me. I mean, it yeah. was, it was like 6.30 in the morning here and he took time out of his day to give me a call and, and that really meant a lot uh, to me. So it's those, those connections you're able to make, not with only people who are, are just a couple states away, um, but people who are across the other side of the, the world. Mm. And uh, the last mastermind question I have would just be like, how would you describe it to the listeners who, who might not have a big awareness you know, of what we do? I could talk about it all day, but I'd, I'd more like to hear just how you would describe that experience. 
honestly, I, I would describe it as having a group of, of people who, who are there to champion you and make sure that you are being accountable for what you want to do, to be there to support you on the, the not so good days. And also as an opportunity to, like you said, have dialogue along the way. But on top of all that, you get exposed to some, some great leadership ideas with the, the books we read. So it's just so much there. Speaking of books, what's a book, a video, a tool, or some other type of resource that's really impacted your leadership, productivity, or quality of life in the last few months? I think I'd have to go with one of the, the books we read in the Mastermind, which is The Power of Moments. And for whatever mm. reason, I've seen this been, been picking up steam. But you know, I did all these things. I ate bugs and got <laughs> slimed. And I never knew that this was like a principle, that this, this is something that occurs, mm. um, that someone has studied what effect um, various uh, moments have on, on people in their lives. Mm. So you know, from eating the bugs to setting up a hot chocolate bar to staff to you know just wearing ridiculous Christmas suit jackets and writing notes of gratitude often. Yeah, you know that's what the book explains how these different things um, make a difference in people's lives. It inspires them and forms their purpose. Um, mm. And then also, I have to give a shout out to Kids Deserve It because I think yeah. that book really created a movement in educational leadership. You know, it's really paved the way for so many other great books and speakers. Absolutely. Love those guys, um, Todd and Adam, who uh, got it launched there. Uh, really appreciate everything they, they do, put out there, or even just in my, my personal life. Also on the power of moments, too, and for the listeners, you know, do you check how many kids your teachers teach? And what could you do to celebrate, let's say, their 500th or 1,000th kid talk? You know, it's like these little things that we never, I never would have thought of, but man, if I would celebrate when a teacher, can you imagine that you're a thousandth student taught and you can make such a big deal of that. That's what the book is talking about. So in addition to all the cool stuff Rob's doing, like the, the crickets and the crazy Christmas suits and all these types of things, Rob, what message would you put on all school marquees across the globe if you could do so for just a day? Well, I thought about this question. I think I'd put listen to a child when they have something to say, those five minutes may change that child's whole life. Mm. I think we look at kids as little balls of energy that are just, you know, running around and, and yeah, they'll, they'll say silly things, but that's why they're kids. But in between those silly things, they say some, some stuff that means a lot and, and listening closely to kids is something that I really value. Yeah. Love it. You know, you never know. You, you might be talking to the next president, right? Absolutely. You don't, you don't know what these kids are going to become or what they're capable of. And that goes back to meeting them where they are. Mm. Uh, because I think sometimes, you know, and, and I, we talk about this, kids get counted out on day one of the school year. And, and when someone does that to a kid, their year's shot. So someone's got to be there to pick up the pieces and, and be there and champion them and find those positives. We made it to the end of the podcast, buddy. I'm proud of you. You know, this question was coming. Curious how you answer. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. How would you build your dream school? What would be your top three priorities? I think I'd continue to fill the school um, with folks who first and foremost love kids, all kids, no matter their background, no matter where they came from, unconditionally. That's something you can't teach or coach, I don't think. It's something that's just inherent to people. The next thing would be to 
to slow down the, the, the education process. I was having a conversation with my school secretary and, and she said, life moves too fast for kids. So giving teachers the capability to take the time to dive deep into to topics that interest kids, interest those individual kids, rather than saying, we need, to, we need to move on, we need to move on. Let them really explore and learn and, and self-guide that learning process. And lastly, include fun. Learning should be fun. School should be fun. Being a student, a teacher, and a principal should be fun. Without fun, it's not a school. Hmm. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, Rob, after this powerful conversation we just had, what's the best way of touching base? Yeah, the best way to reach me would be on Twitter, and it's my last name, Palazzo, P-V-E-S. Thanks again for being my guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Danny. It's awesome. It was an honor. I really appreciate it. All right, Better Leaders, just a few more things before you take off. I created a new resource for you called The Three Leadership Questions I Ask Every Day. You can download the resource by visiting betterleadersbetterschools.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This helps me in a few ways. It gives the show some social proof. It encourages new people to listen to the show, and it improves the ranking of the show and therefore helps me serve more school leaders. If you want extra credit and some good vibes, share your biggest takeaway from the show and tag me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Alien Earbud, an anagram for my name, Daniel Bauer. And make sure to use the hashtag BLBS. This Sunday is the weekend resource. Join over 3,000 school leaders that get this resource delivered every week. In the weekend resource, I share content curated specifically for school leaders. You'll get articles, videos, templates, and exercises, coaching tips, inspirational quotes, invitations to free Friday group coaching, which is an exclusive offer made available only to newsletter subscribers in the Better Leaders, Better Schools tribe, and links to all the content I created for you this past week. You can subscribe at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash weekend dash resource. And remember, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Go out there today and be a better leader.